Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CrossPods podcast. I'm Lydia Champole, and this week we'll be playing you an episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast hosted by Simon Pellet. This week's episode is a discussion between Simon and Alan Hill. Alan is a serial entrepreneur, property investor, international speaker, coach, and just so happens to be one of Simon's closest friends. Let's jump right in. What did you eat for breakfast? I had uh, egg, bacon, and toast. Very nice. You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company located in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, due to the current situation, with all live music being essentially stopped, it'll come as no surprise to many people listening to this show that musicians, and especially their support crew and management teams, have found their income dramatically reduced. That's why the Skinny Armadillo has set up a website to support artists called Music for Good. You can purchase a specially designed t-shirt for this cause, and $10 from that t-shirt will be donated to any band or artist of your choice. You can also donate money as well as purchasing the shirt. All you need to do is go to musicforgood.itemorder.com. That's musicforgood.itemorder.com. And of course, there'll be a link to the website on musiconyourownterms.com with the show notes and also in the social media posts for this episode. Welcome to episode 48 of the Music On Your Own Terms podcast. This episode, I'm talking to Ian Barnett. Almost three decades ago, I spent an hour almost every week for over three years learning guitar from one of Southeast England's top guitar teachers. These were some of my most formative years, and having the chance to interview Ian and revisit those memories has illustrated just how much of that knowledge has stuck with me on a subconscious level. Check out our chat as we reminisce, discover Ian's journey from a teenage guitar novice to a career spanning 40 years, guiding young musicians through their scales, organizing gigs for young bands at large venues, and now teaching music in a college for children with learning disabilities. Ian has a wonderful philosophy on life, education, and the performance and enjoyment of music, and as a teacher has not only risen to the challenge of adapting to various learning styles, but now with the coronavirus affecting our daily lives, has had to pivot in order to find ways of teaching online effectively to those students that are already impeded. On setting up this interview, I was expecting to have a conversation that included fond memories of my early teens. What I got was way more than that, a great insight into the philosophies of a fantastic teacher. I really hope you'll enjoy this interview as much as I did. So here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Today, I am journeying way back into my past. Um, we're going to talk to a man that introduced me to Spinal Tap, <laughs> taught me, I, uh, wow, I, I spent at least almost every, an hour every week for about three and a half years learning guitar, and I'm sure you were banging your head against the wall when I refused to learn <laughs> my scales. Um, Mr. Ian Barnett, how are you, sir? Nice to meet you after many years, Simon. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks very much. Uh, sitting here at home at the moment because of the old coronavirus thing, but yeah. we're doing all right. You're surviving. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's. So, if you wouldn't mind just giving a bit of uh, background on on what you do uh, for a living. Okay. So, since I met you, I have still been a professional guitar teacher, been playing professionally in, around south coast of England, mm -hmm. uh, in various places and 
doing that. But mainly I've been guitar teaching guitar, uh, currently teaching in a local special needs school for uh, dyslexics and SPLD kids. So that's kids with dyspraxia, dyslexia, autism. Uh, that's what I do at the moment. Okay. okay. Uh, I, play a bit, I play a bit of guitar myself. I still play a little bit around the, around the local area uh, for my own enjoyment. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, and I've been a guitar teacher now for the past 40 years, Simon. Yes. Uh, so, so, so you about, I can't remember how many years ago. I, I, it's got to be um, at least 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I think I was about 12 when I started seeing you. So yeah. I, I don't want to do the math, but it's like <laughs> 27 years, 28 sure. years, something like that. Um, sure. So yeah, I mean, going back, I I I, I remember um, going to like a presentation of music teachers at some school my dad took me to because I was I was already learning um, acoustic from a family friend. Sure. Um, yeah. And yeah. I I remember the the setup and y- you were standing in the corner and <laughs> my dad kind of uh, talked to you and and I don't remember the conversation, but. Your your opinion was it would be better for me to come to see you privately than right, through the yeah. school system, just based on my uh, musical tastes. Sure, uh, sure. Just getting into Joe Satriani and rock, and so <laughs> it, it was probably a, a great fit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I still remember the smell of Warburton's where you you lived. That's upstairs right. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, that's right. That's uh, like it. A, yeah, uh, a pet. Just live above the pet food shop. That's pet right. Food yeah. shop, so you saw uh, smelled all the seed. So I, sure. I distinctly remember that, and uh, my fondest memory of of uh, you you um, you know getting me into uh, Spinal Tap and Christmas with the Devil. I, and we I can remember Christmas. I can remember teaching you Christmas with the Devil. You take it yeah. far too seriously if you're having good. And uh, <laughs> and, I can, and I can also remember. Well, I can also remember you and your dad making a guitar. Yep. So I still have that. Um, wow. It's in pieces because I was. I'm gonna start modifying it, so I've I've been uh, playing with uh, playing with that really, a little bit. So I remember you both finding it a lot harder than what you thought it would be. And coming back to me, I said, "You said that the neck was like a tree trunk." And I thought, "No, no, no, more more off the neck." <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, no, it turned out to be a really nice guitar, actually. Sure, was, well uh, done. Oh, nice piece crappy. of maple. Um, yeah, he made nice. another one, um, and I made the neck. I, I kept making him shave more off the neck, and it had a right. fretboard. <laughs> And it twisted over the years, so the uh, I still have the body, but the uh, the neck's no good. Ah, right. So, yeah, it's hard. Um, it is. Yeah, it I mean, happen, it's definitely difficult. But I, I'm I'm putting something together out of oh, the box right now. I got a I got a warmoth neck, which is really nice, a nice roasted maple neck, and I'm I'm building cool. a super strat. So that'll, <laughs> that'll be uh, good. So yeah, um, so let's let's uh, dig into your past a little bit. What? was it that got you into music in the first place all oh, right um jealousy <laughs> <laughs> uh no there was i was 11 when i started guitar and a kid at school a kid at school uh he was playing guitar and i wanted to, i i didn't like it very much i can't remember that so i wanted to play guitar because of that and then i found out that it was really good because here was something that i was good at Yep. And I wasn't good at sport. I was quite quiet. My parents were always saying to me, um, they always said that the change in me, since I could find something that I was good at and I could do, um, uh, I, I was changed because I could, I, it was something that I could do and nobody else could, which was cracking, you know? Um, I, uh, uh, and that, that, was, that was really important. That's something still now when I'm teaching students and I have students with uh, you know, like I said, uh, they, they've got they've got learning difficulties, and this is something that they can do. They're good at and giving people, and that's what I've always tried to show people. I started teaching, uh, interesting enough, when I was thirteen, mm-hmm. because um, <laughs> I I let the whole world into a secret. Um, it is because I fancied the girl, and when you're thirteen, it's really hard, you know. And her mum said, would you, would you like to come and uh, teach this young lady to play guitar? If she's, if she's hearing me, she's going to get bright red now, Ty. And, uh, and so I went, all right, then, you know. So I went right and taught her. And, and, uh, and, and that, that, nothing happened in a relationship, I, I hasten to add. But uh, I've, so I've been teaching ever since and found my own way. I found it 
and, and part part from that now running doing from teaching privately working with the local education authority then working to a rock and roll since i met you simon um uh doing rock and roll music projects so working with young bands and the best thing uh the best thing one of the best things i've ever had was putting on big gigs in reasonably large venues in the south coast of england and promoting bands young bands in young bands nice and standing there in the sort of mixing decks while this young bunch of hoodlums is on stage giving it large in it and all their fans are going mental it's just the best one of the best things in the world because you're seeing the fruits of your effort mm. on stage and you're seeing these children or young people at least you know these these young people doing their stuff and right. i like i love seeing what people from yourself uh what you're doing now when i occasionally i get old pupils come back saying hi yeah uh, yeah. This is what I'm doing now. I'm in Texas doing podcasts, or right. I've, um, uh, or, or I've been on tour. I've been to Glastonbury or Reading, or I went to college, or mm. you know, or I did something completely nothing to do with music, but I really like it. And thank you very much. It's an incredible yeah. kick, an incredible privilege to see the fruits of what I've done in uh, in, in other people, Simon. That's that's awesome. So, yeah, and so I, I've been doing that ever since, and I enjoy I enjoy life. It's good. <laughs> that's, that's excellent to hear. Yeah, I just want to thank you for what you instilled in me, even though I was a I was a lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but I was what thirteen, fourteen, so you know. You change, man. You change. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, I I you know to that point, I I did uh, I opened for uh, I I joined a band in New Hampshire when I was uh -huh. growing up there, and I. I opened for a national touring act and we won a battle of the bands. And uh -huh. um, that was probably the height of my playing at that time. <laughs> I've, I've suffered a little bit from physical stuff, but I'm getting back into it, get my chops back. So Good. I'm going to be uh, writing more. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten involved in, uh, you know, managing bands and getting people's uh, uh, online presence going. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm helping my friend release his album right now, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. It's incredible. Um, Good. Yeah, I, I just uh, I'm gonna be uh, writing a ton of music this year and getting that out hopefully. Good. Um, but yeah, I haven't stopped playing in. You know, I've just been getting. Uh, hopefully, I've been getting better and better. You know, playing, but I've just been. You can always find something different to learn. Yeah. Always yeah, yeah. You know. To learn. You know, the the thing about guitar playing and, and music is that you can uh, you, you can turn up and you can see. Uh, you can see an act or a YouTube act, and you think, "Crikey, how they did that!" Uh, I think guitar is one of those instruments that is so hugely varied in the styles and the way you hold it, how you play it, how you how you put where you press the buttons to get completely different sounds. You know, you can have you take take a take a Stratocaster and a Marshall amp. You take the same bit of kit and give it to and give it to two completely different players with the same settings on it, and they will play it in a completely mm -hmm. different way, and it will sound a completely different instrument. For sure. um, I, I actually, the one video that I, I so I teach as well. Um, uh -huh. I actually, I taught um, when I was about 15, 16. <laughs> I got frustrated with people not learning their stuff back then, and I, I've learned to uh, deal with it now, and it's just like you know they'll learn at their own pace, and you know. Yeah. I, I again, I love seeing kids um, progress from not being able to do anything to you know a couple of months later, yeah. and they're playing scales and they're playing chords and they're yeah. they're learning from CDs. Like I, I yeah. like, you don't use tabs, you know. Do you really get get your ear going? Um, but I um, where was I going with that? I have brain, I'm getting old, have brain fights, but um, where was I going with that? <laughs> Don't you hate that? You have a brain fight and you just can't <laughs> you, remember where you... Um, oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't so, I think, I think the, uh, I, I think the, uh, you know, what I, what I want to see is I want to see people who, well, however they do it, whether it's reading tab or whether it's reading notation, or whether it's just smashing a guitar to bits on a stage, 
uh, what I want to see is the growth of people, and I want to see somebody say, I could I couldn't do that. Um, there's a brilliant line on uh, on a, I don't know how many of your listeners know that the old famous the famous movie The Commitments. Mm. It's a Roddy Dawg movie, and the guy and, and the, one of the actors one of the actors says, I don't want to be in the band anymore, and the manager says, Yes, you do. He says, He says, Why? He says, Because you want to stand up on that stage and say, I'm Derek, mm. and, and and I'm a musician, and you're not. I'm a musician. I can do this. Yeah. I think. And I think that is the most important thing is that mm-hmm. just giving somebody how they the mechanics is giving somebody their self worth. Mm-hmm. So the mechanics, how they learn, do they learn by tab? Do they learn by YouTube? Do they learn by just going to a gig and standing in the front? You know, um, mm-hmm. it's giving somebody it's is this is being able to give somebody their worth so that they know that they. They're loved and they're special people and they've got a gift. And everybody has got something to give the world. Everybody's got it. And it might not be standing up in the front in front of like, I don't know, Hollywood Bowl and playing smoke on the water or or it or it might not be teaching or it might not be uh, doing a podcast or it might be nothing to do with music. But if I'm part of what if I if I can be part of helping people to find their identity and yeah, Ian, I, I played guitar and then I went off and became, I don't know, banker or something, you know, but I'm really pleased with what you did. Then that's good enough. I'm not proud. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, oh, but you should be learning G major diminished or something, you know. <laughs> you know I, I, but if you want to learn G major diminished, I just made that up for it myself, but, you know, um, then, then, then it's brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, that's, that's, that's my philosophy on life anyway, Simon. That's that's fantastic. No, I remember what I was going to say. So the the video that I show my students is right. Um, you um, you know Zach Wild. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. So Zach Wild did a tour with Vi, Eric Johnson, a couple of other guys, and so he's got his rig set up. You know, tons of distortion. He's got his own guitars, and there's a video of Eric Johnson playing through his setup, and it sounds like Eric Johnson. Right. Yeah. So that's all the proof I need. It's all in the fingers. It doesn't matter what pedals and amps. It's in the fingers. <laughs> and, uh, I, I and, love uh, showing that. Yeah, I, I, I think old, uh, I think Keith Richards said, uh, "Doesn't matter what you could, what sort of guitar you have. Give me, give me five minutes. I'll just make them all sound the same anyway." You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's that's cool. Um, yeah. So what um, we've we talked about how you got into music and and uh, teaching, but. Was there any specific, um, you know, band or guitar player or something that really hit the spark back when you were a kid that said, "Wow, that's that's what I want to do." Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, um, various different ones over the years. To be honest, um, first one ever, uh, which was really weird for a thirteen, fourteen year old, was my parents. My parents gave me a Django Reinhardt Hot Club to Quintet of France. And I remember wondering who the heck this is and playing it and then playing it again and again was wearing the record smooth. And, and I remember that being absolutely just brilliant. Yeah. Um, that, that was, that was that. That, that, that was how you could sort of just be unique and do stuff that, you know, wasn't expected. Right. And re- reading, reading about got into Django Reinhardt and reading about what he did and who he was. Uh, this guy was a one-off. You know, this guy mm-hmm. was the first rock and roll player. Um, they would have, you know, they they would have massive parties in the back of a, in the, in the back of a uh, in the back of a limo in wartime Paris. They they'd be in a they'd be in a club in two o'clock in the morning, some in the war in Paris. And it was a and and in, in the in the club were all people like the SS and the Gestapo and, and also people like from the Resistance who all weren't supposed to be there. Right. <laughs> but they'd all be there at 2 o'clock in the morning listening to Django Reinhardt, and that really appealed to me. And uh, so Django Reinhardt was the, my first sort of like sort of inspiration, yeah? Mm. Then it sort of uh, the, then, it, then it sort of went to um, uh, English folk guitar player called Martin Simpson, uh, then there was a jazz guitar player who, an English guy called Martin Taylor. 
Um, uh, uh, rock and roll, big. The, oh, I never have been. I, I, ne I never got into the big technical aspect of the voice at Triani, although I think it's incredibly good and clever and, and well done, guys. You know, um, it's it's never. And then people like who I absolutely really admire. Uh, uh, more people like uh, I've loved Joe Strummer from The Clash, mm -hmm. uh, Keith. Uh, it's people that play sort of slabs of rock and roll more than anything else, as opposed to the technical sort of side. Um, right. They're they're the people sort of electric guitar players who I really like, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't don't get me wrong. I think the people like the current the you know, the current crop of well. Uh, the, the people like Satrani by Johnson who've taken the guitar and turned it from something like just a, like a blues instrument into some, a proper classical, an instrument worthy of classical merit. Mm. We have to practice it for hours and hours and hours. It's a different art form. It's a different thing. Uh, but, but it's equally cool. and It's great, you know. Um, but it's that thing, you know, do you play Hendrix? It, it's stunning. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, and the more you listen, more you listen to Hendrix. Well, how did he do it? Technically, it's not hard, but try and get the sound. You can't, you know. Yeah. Technically, I mean, if, you, if you look at um, Malcolm Young, I mean, he plays four chords, but he's the it? best rhythm player that's ever absolutely. lived because that's all he did for 40, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, th those those guys, those guys for me. I'm not saying that uh, you know this is this my own opinion. For me, I, I, I love those guys. I love the Mark of Young's, Keith, Angus, Jimmy, obviously at the top of the tree in this one. You know, um, they do more for me. Joe Strummer from The Clash, uh, other, other people like that. I, I love their, I love, I love their, I think it's, I think it's because it communicates something. Mm. I think it's the communication. And I think however you play, whatever sound you make, um, You've got a, it's a two-way conversation. You play, somebody listens. Yep. Uh, uh, I've listened to, there's an American guy who lives in Sweden. His name's called Eric Bibb. And he's, I've seen him a few times. He comes to tourism, he tours in England and that. Uh, and, and he doesn't, he, he plays minimally, but he just sounds brilliant. And he plays very simple picking, finger picking thing. Mm. But he communicates and that's the point. And it, what you've got to, be able to do as a musician, whatever style it is, you can play as many notes as you like, but you've got to tell a story. You've got to communicate with your with people who want to listen, you know? Yeah? And then and music's a two-way thing. Music's about you playing and somebody listening because that's how sound works, you know? Mm -hmm. I make some... I make some noises that, and then the ears or the microphone pick it up. It isn't sound unless two two people pick it up, you know. Right. So, so that's if you if any of your people, you know, if you want to do so, play. Do people like it? Are people going to listen to what you do? And um, and that's really important. Try and communicate, you know. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I I I kind of teach. Um... Uh, I, I I kind of describe it as um, musical sentience. You, you, right. You've got the mechanics, you've got the timing, but you, there's that fine line between being able to play a chord or a, a note in tune and in time to the nuances that are deeper than that. And like, what are you trying to say emotionally? Yeah, it's a, that's right. It's, it's a there's a I actually I don't think it's a fine line. I think it's a big jump from being able to play. <laughs> And being able to communicate, there's there's that chasm of uh, you know no man's land that you have to kind of traverse to get that you know get that out there. I can remember years ago. I remember years ago. I uh, back in well well before your time. Uh, I was in a I, I was in a little group in school, and we got invited to go to a local um, old people's home to play some music at a Christmas party. And we thought we were really good musicians. So we went down to this, and this is a long time ago, and these, these lovely old folk, and they're, 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 you know, they were end of life, and they, they're also, they, they, were, they were learning difficulties and all sorts of things there. 
and we and they had their Christmas party. Okay, and we went in. Never forget it. And we thought, why not? We'll play some nice music for them because mm -hmm. we're good musicians. Well, we were sixteen, you know, <laughs> and we and so, so so we tried. We were going to play our stuff. You see. And so we sat in the corner, and there's all these people actually going mad. There's about 50 people there. They're all very, very old. I'm going back 40 years now. Okay. And, uh, and they're very, very old. And uh, they've been there. A lot of them were institutionalized. They've been in uh, mental health homes for most of their lives. And so they're all going nuts, you see. And we were playing. And the guy, and we were playing Arthur because we thought it was good, you see. And... Uh, and halfway, we got, we did about 15 minutes. Um, the guy who was organizing this came over to the band and said, Stop, guys, stop. <laughs> uh, Thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, it's not going well. Look, I'll take it on. Went, oh, okay. You know. And then I then stood back and let this guy who was saving the situation because we weren't doing it all well. <laughs> he, he got a guitar, he got a 12 string acoustic guitar. He walked up and down, there was this rose, I can remember him walking up and down this uh, room where all these people chucking jelly and ice cream about, singing three chords, singing filthy songs. <laughs> and uh, all he was playing was singing, it was these, I don't know, strange little weird, I can't remember what he was singing, but I can remember him connecting. He was playing, he wasn't playing, he wasn't playing clever you know, he was connecting, and uh, and this old lady, and she must have been about, she must have been in a well to me, she was 150. You know, right. I was 16. I remember, but I remember, she, I remember her not having teeth. I can remember this, and she said to him, and she said to him in a very old way. She said, and I hope your your listeners can understand this. She said, "Here, you're wonderful. You are," she said. <laughs> He, he, he said, um, "I used to live in Dorset, which is a little county in the on the in the in a very rural part of England." Mm -hmm. And she said, "Let me give you to this place, not to me. Let me give you a big Dorset kiss." She said, <laughs> "And this, and she had no teeth, and she was about 150, right?" And this bloke, yeah, I watched it, and he was awesome because. I just say he took it like a man, <laughs> and and that was and, and that was and that was all I can remember that, and I can also remember it's all about this connection thing, you know. And it's been willing to put yourself out there, you know, and being connected. The other time again, I was listening to my Django Reinhardt stuff, and uh, and I was at school again, and <laughs> and and there was this I don't know. I don't know if people had been in school. There was, there was something going on in the corner of the room. What's going on? What's going on? We're in this classroom, and it was dodgy. It was a bit, whoa, a bit fighting, a bit someone's going to We all I flocked to see what it was. And somebody was playing on a record player in the corner where they weren't supposed to. This is 1976. Uh, was playing uh, Anarchy in the UK uh, by the Sex Pistols, which in 1976 was banned by the BBC. And this kid had went to London, got a copy, mm. and bought it back. And in the lunch hour, gone into the loo, the toilet, and changed his school uniform into his punk kit. And was pogoing round in the middle of the room to Anarchy in the UK. And everybody in the room was going, whoa! And I, I, can, I can even now think my head, I could tear up all the jazz, all the all the clever stuff, you know, because kids were really liking this. Yep. I went, oh, most of us had a day and boring in here. <laughs> so, again, it, I mean, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just two examples. But it's all about the connection, you know, and, it's, and, and that's, what, that's what's necessary. And you're very lucky and very privileged, I think, if you can actually play what you want to play, mm. yeah, and actually people want to hear it. But it is a two-way thing. How about that? Absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, so, have you had any um, notable students that have yeah, gone um, on to? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, one of my bands, uh, they're a band. Uh, they're, one of our bands was a band called Mum Ra, 
Uh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Below, no, yeah, you might have heard them. They they got they had a top four. Yeah, they played. They did Glastonbury. They uh, mm. big festival in England. They did Reading. They had a top forty album. Um, they they're the most sort of like famous bunch of nutters. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I, my, my most proudest moment with them is the Sony Records. Uh, uh, Sony Records had the meeting. They're not, they're not together anymore. And Sony Records had a meeting to say that they were pulling the plug on Sony. Yeah. And uh, and the um, and the guitarist stood up in the meeting. He told me this. He said, "We're not splitting up because we told Ian Barnett we wouldn't." I <laughs> <laughs> like. I'd, I'd love to see the look on. Uh, Sony, the Sony record company says, "Who the heck's Ian Barney?" <laughs> but so, so, so they did that. Um, nobody else of, I mean, people have been, uh, people you know. I had uh, one of my kids, one of my students, became a photographer, and he's still out there. Uh, uh, he's still out there. Uh, he's on tour, went on tour with Robbie Williams and nice. um, uh, Neck Deep, and uh, quite a few. Oh, um, Oh God, Will Young, Will Young's son. What's his name? Can't remember. Anyway, Will Young's son. Yeah. Oh, Justin Bieber and all that. He's 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 been in the music business that way. Nice. Uh, lots of people have gone to uni and had a good time. I I can't say, I can't point to anybody hugely famous that I taught him. You know that everybody necessarily know, but the amount of people that. I don't think that's really important. I think it's be able to give general people like you know the amount of people play guitar and music to that aren't famous to the amount that are famous oh, is sure. is massive, isn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe rephrase the question. Like, is there anyone that was um, memorable? Not so much in terms of their, you know, their their you know their fa- being becoming famous, but like maybe they were super quick to pick stuff up and you, you were kind of worried that, that you, you know, they'd catch up too quickly or. Oh, right. Yeah. Really okay. Yeah. 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 Special uh, about anyone. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. There's always been a few, especially in the place I currently teach. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently teach in a place called plug here, Fruin college. It's a little college in, uh, Southeast of England, which deals for, uh, dyslexia, dyspraxia, and I'll, I'll teach kids uh, uh, something, yeah? And uh, I'll teach kids, I'll teach kids, I'll try this, try this. And I'll, I'll come back next week and I said, I didn't do that. And I said, okay, I, I didn't do that. So what did you do? You know? And they've come up with some idea which is completely off the wall and just tons better, you know? <laughs> and I go, okay, I've run with that. And the times when I've been doing band uh, I remember the first time I, I did this this band thing. They all wanted to play. They, the band wanted to play "Fight for Your Right to Party," Beastie mm-hmm. Boys. Oh no, you're not going to play that. And I said, "Please don't. I hate that song." And so they said, "Stuff you, Ian. We're going to do it." And I learned a lot that time because they played it and they made a brilliant sound of it. Yeah. So now when I when some band people say we want to learn something. I'll say, well, I don't like the track. Well, what's, what's my a? What's my taste going to do it anyway? But prove to me, prove to me you can do it. And I keep an open mind. And I always say, when I'm teaching children, students to play, I always listen to their ideas because hell, their ideas are better than yours because they're exciting. You know, mm. young people have got exciting ideas that people are, the trouble people like me. I've been, you know, I've been around the bus. I can say oh, I've seen everything. I've done everything. But when a when a sixteen year old or fifteen year old gets his first little squire strat into a Marshall Barry powered amp and plugs it in, and he plays "Smoke on the Water," he's playing that for the very very first time, and he's hearing that sound and going "Kerrang!" It's that tune, but it yeah. sounds brilliant to him. And and the very fact that it sounds brilliant to him that is conveyed, mm. and people like people my age who I've played with, you know, they, they can play, they've got a nice kit, they've got a nice kit, they've got great shots, they've got good technique. But when they're playing, they're often going, uh, oh, yeah, well, I've got to get back because I've got, I've got the kids with the mortgage. Or do we have to play Runs the Hills again or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not playing that because I don't like that because it reminded my wife or something, you know. But where's the young person playing? They haven't got any of that baggage, you know. So they'll play they'll play a power chord and it's the first time they've ever played it. And it's just that refreshed new sort of and that's absolutely for me, that's captivating, you know. And mm-hmm. I love that. That's okay. really killer. I do remember um I think it was towards the uh the latter part of you teaching me at the the newer house that was around from uh the Viking Fish Bar. Rest in peace. I'm so, oh, yeah, I'm, so sure. de- I'm devastated that they got rid of the Viking Fish Bar, but <laughs> you came up you came I, I, I remember did. you I remember you at the flat, but I didn't remember you coming around here. I'm still here by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, it it was um I don't know how long I was I was coming to see you there, but it wasn't that no. long. It, you just moved there and but yeah, sure, I, yeah. I remember bringing a, an album by Pantera and you, you seemed very perturbed to um to have to teach me some dissonant chords. <laughs> I re- I remember that. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah. Um, and actually, you, you, you you're much more heavy stuff than I was, you know. Oh yeah. So, they, they, so going back to high school, I mean, they they made fun of me for having too much distortion, and you know, like Sam, uh, you know, my my friend Sam, uh, who I was in a band with, um, he they they wrote songs about the fact that I was into too, you know, the heavy stuff, and they they kept telling me to turn my distortion down or off, or that was quite funny. Actually, <laughs> now I come to remember, I also remember we did a. Uh, like a talent show at the end when we were graduating and um your friend sure. mr hesseltine was quite um the, the look on his face when we were playing was like oh tune your guitars they sound awful <laughs> so, yeah yeah steve steve's uh, mr hesseltine bless him he's steve he's still a great mate of mine yeah he's retired now yeah. and uh yeah he he, he i I still, I still remember you too when i uh he, he's retired. He's yeah. He's 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 still about yeah. Um, yeah. Would that have been that was your the Sam? Would he he'd been the son of the art yep. teacher at the time? Absolutely. Yeah. He he worked for me for what I remember. He, yeah. He worked for me for a while. Uh, he worked. He did winter teaching mm-hmm. and he did uh, he just what well, Tommy's doing now because now now I'm placing you in the in I'm now getting you placed in my time frame. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's all merged into one oh, after all these years, sure. Simon. Um, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask, um, given the it, you know the situation we have right now, and you being a teacher, um, obviously I, I'm guessing that's forced your students to go online only right now. So yeah. how are you finding that? <laughs> Interesting, actually, because um, I, I've got a I've got about thirty four. I, because the some of our kids are who the, the, the kids who always used to respond face to face have disappeared off the planet and they're and they're not you know they're not doing they're not responding to me you know yet because it's, it's been two weeks now so yeah so we're trying oh you hear and there are other children who we found un. Unresponsible, unresponsible, hard work in school. They're coming up with some brilliant stuff. So, what's actually happening is that we're finding. I think as teachers, we were talking. We all the teachers I work with, we find very different ways of how to convey what we do, and we're finding a very and we're finding certain you know aspects. Some of our kids are reshining mm. because of this. I'm not saying it's easy. But then I don't think teaching is easy, and I think some some kids are more responsive than others. But this is another way of doing it, and we've been seeing some great stuff, some great work by by our students. Uh, that's across the, across the college, you know, music and history and art and stuff like that, and English, and maths, and and I've and I've I have some great kids. Mm. I've had some great kids giving some little emails and stuff. I'm I'm forever indebted to technology to uh, you know so I can do but I can do little YouTube lessons and we've got a very good IT system at Froome College so it's secure so you know it's it's an in, it's it's it, yeah it's using it's using the Microsoft thing so so you know we can we can do secure work with them right uh, and that and that and that's that's been cracking so it's 
it's, I'm not saying it's harder. I'm not saying it's easier. It's different. Mm. And I'm quite excited, actually, to see where this takes us in terms of education. Me too. You know, who yeah. responds to it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the silver lining I'm getting out of this. Obviously, it's really difficult. There's a lot of people uh, getting sick and dying. But the silver lining is I think this really will push the envelope for things like education and it'll it'll really illustrate to people the the um the broad range of how people learn like sitting in a sitting yeah. in a classroom is not for everyone um like my my uh, son is almost 18 you know he he decided yeah. for the last year he didn't want to sit in the main high school he he went to the learning center which is um outside the main high school and he he learned on his own right, and he graduated early, so he's he's off. Sure, you know, and it, and that we the the school the school I'm at, uh, you know, we're very conscious of people, the kids come to our schools. They found learning in mainstream schools mm-hmm. different difficult because of their dyslexia or associated um, uh, associated needs. So we are constantly as a, as a teaching body, we're constantly uh, trying to find different ways of how we teach uh which for me is brilliant and i, and I really love it i don't teach privately silent oh. anymore like you teach you um that's cool that's you know it's how it moves on yeah but uh and i love being a part of a, a body who you know we we challenged every day with children with with, with autism with with, that, with, you know, with learning difficulties who who need to find some other way of expressing themselves, uh, who had difficult, you know, uh, and trying to get them again to show that they're they're somebody, they're they're worth it, you know. Oh, yeah. And if this is a way which we can do it, then then all all good, you know. Yeah, I imagine that's extremely rewarding. It's hard work. It's oh, very yeah. rewarding. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think all hard work is rewarding. Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the podcast, I like to ask more, you know, heavier questions, if you will. Um, what major significant negative experience have you, uh, overcome and what did it teach you? Uh, uh, I think, I mean, my first marriage broke up, uh, that's no secret, you know, uh, and all the trouble. That, that had that was uh, that was that was over uh, that was twenty years ago now and um, uh, that 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 taught me well maybe grow up I suppose you know uh, that was that 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 was I suppose the main big thing that happened to me that uh, I'd share on the net <laughs> yeah well mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, you know um, everybody I think I know in the past. I think the one thing I've learned in in the past in the past year in my life is that you know stuff happens, man. Yeah, you, you know life is not a life is not a bowl of roses. It's, you know stuff happens. That's life, and whatever it is that you go through, what's important is your mates, is being able to talk about it. And also, uh, and also be able to to accept it and build on it, mm. and be able to accept the fact that you know, you know, you know, if 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 uh, if something bad happens to people, or they don't get it right, oh no, if they, if people, if people don't get it right the first time, here's an example: I'm teaching. When I'm teaching, when people say, uh, "Oh, I can't get it, I can't get it." And I'll say, well, what makes you special? Hmm. You know? So what do you mean? What? I said, well, why should you get it first time? Nobody gets it right first time. What makes you special that you should? You're not special, you know? Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, it, it's been every, whatever negative things that you have, and everybody has their own battles, private and personal, and, and they're not nice, and they're not... You know, they're not nice things to have, but everybody has them. Mm-hmm. And it's how you treat them and how you open up to your to your friends and and they can be with you and your mates 
with family, and and then you can help t- turn this stuff like this coronavirus thing. It's horrible. Mm. Nobody's saying it isn't, you know. But it's how you can turn it. So you can look back and say, yeah, it was, but because of this particular thing, this happened. Right. For example, I'm talking to you, Simon. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. That, that was a fantastic answer. Um, but flipping it around, what major positive experience um, has given you the encouragement to follow, you know, teaching as a journey, music as a journey, or just anything else in life? Okay. I think over the past year, I think my major positive experience, I'm a granddad. Which is brilliant. Congratulations. Right? <laughs> and, uh, I am too. Oh, really? Congratulations to you, mate. <laughs> Thank so, you. so, so, going to see my 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 daughter's uh, uh, that 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 was fantastic. Um, uh, being being present. Uh, my 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 daughters, my daughters are married. They're both they're both looking at each other. My positive experience is seeing seeing my whole family uh, be happy and. Uh, uh, and be together, you know. Uh, again, during this, because we first time we all decided to use the the ubiquitous micro Zoom, which we're on now, yeah. Yep. And uh, and and I've got I've got family in various parts of the country, and we and we're all talking to each other on this, and we wouldn't have done that, you know. Right. So my family, my family, my kids, and my mum and dad, this were around, and my 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 grandchildren, uh, my grandchild, yeah. Uh, they're, they're my they're, they're, they're my rock, you know. They're, they're the people who I who, who I really sort of love and inspiration. That's fantastic. Yeah, I I mean, is that um, Maddie's um, son or daughter? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I, re- yeah. I remember Maddie when she was a baby. That's, <laughs> I think I mentioned that on uh, on social media a while back when we first connected. But uh, that blows your mind. It's like, oh. There's a yeah, there's a baby out there that now has a baby that uh, now <laughs> yeah, I feel that's old. Just, yeah, same same yeah exactly yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, last question is: What does music mean to you? Okay, um, music is what I do. Yeah, music music is what I do. It's what I've chosen to make my life around. Music is what I can do. Yeah. Um, uh, music is what I I think teaching music to the kids I'm doing with is what I can do that I know that I'm good at okay um, that's 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 it's what I do it's who is that's not who I am uh, it's not that but it's uh, you, you know it's it, it's it's what I do and it's a skill that over over a thousand years over thousands of years I've, I've, I've sort of tried to do and tried to share. So that's what music's what I do. There you go. Thank you so much. Um, and then to, to, that's okay. uh, to finish out the episode, um, I like to play a piece of music. Um, so what, what piece of music are we going to play? Okay. I emailed you a track. Um, uh, it's an acoustic guitar track. It's called, uh, sea and sky. It's a, it's a, it's uh it's an old it's I don't know how old the hymn it's actually it's a it's a it's a hymn and I made a little uh, I made a little arrangement and uh, I hope people I just winged it over to you and I hope people enjoy it. Well, thank you so much. Um, and if if you um, want, did you want to um, add a contact details where you can be found or not necessarily? Uh <laughs> Yeah, um, two. I'll email you my Instagram. All right, well, you've got my Instagram. I've got your Instagram, Barney of Bexhill. Yeah, yeah. Do do yeah. I'll, I'll I'll yeah. If anybody wants to sort of like find me there, that'd be grand. All right. Yeah, you got some great pictures of Delaware and you know some nice sunsets. So. That's right. Awesome. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate it and appreciate you know okay. everything you taught me back in the day. So it's been a pleasure. Don't forget to check out the show notes at musiconyourownterms.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up for the mailing list. Every week from now until the end of April, I will be drawing one randomly selected person to win a t-shirt of their choice from the merch store. But you have to make sure you sign up.
Don't forget to support bands and artists and their crew in the Music for Good campaign run by the Skinny Armadillo. And hit me up on social media. Let me know what subjects you want to hear and what bands or artists or entrepreneurs you want me to interview going forward. And finally, I'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from other people's strategies and failures and how they learned from them. And I really feel that the information coming from the guests I interview is really valuable for the musicians community. As always, keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. Here is Ian Barnett with Sea and Sky.